then all of a sudden it was like God tapped me on the shoulders like, hey, remember your dad died when you were 23 and how bad that was for your family? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. And so I decided then I was going to fight. As you know, having overcome an addiction yourself, it's hard. You know, I couldn't overcome my addictions all at once it just because there was so much to unpack. Take control, control of your life. Break the chains and rise. No more feeling powerless. No more shame. Take your power. Break out of the pain. Because it's more than fornication. More than procreation. It's not just self-stimulation. Sex energy is for creation. And transformation. And to a new destination. This is Porn Talk. Porn Talk. This is Porn Talk. Welcome to Porn Talk. This is Powerful Eric. This show is not just about breaking addictions. It's about breaking belief systems. We are bound by self-imposed and societal chains. Break those rusty, nasty, heavy old chains and get empowered right now. Today, I have an awesome guest. We have with us a the author of Tragic Hero. He his goal in life is to help people realize that they don't need to hit rock bottom like he did in order to make the changes necessary to enjoy a joyful and fulfilling life. In addition to having 21 years of life and business coaching experience, he has also has 24 years of sales and real estate experience as well as 28 years of professional writing experience. He's conducted over 40,000 coaching sessions via one-on-one calls, live training sessions, group calls, and video training meetings with real estate sales professionals and other entrepreneurs across the United States and Canada. In 2021, he was nominated for Success Magazine's Success 125 one of the 125 most influential people in real estate that gets gets results. In September of 2022, his book, Tragic Hero, Picking Up the Pieces, was published and became a bestseller in four categories on Amazon. In it, he uses lessons he's learned from overcoming lifelong addictions to food, sex, pornography, and money, to give others the hope and confidence they need to break through their own challenges. And next week, during the week of Thanksgiving, he's going to be a special guest on a nationally televised talk show, Times Square Today, where he'll share his story about how he overcame a life filled with terrible decisions. Welcome the author of Tragic Hero, Wally Ressler. Welcome, Wally. And I just realized how old that makes me sound. <laughs> Holy cow. 
crazy. Hey, Eric, thanks for having You're me. You're welcome. Uh, so Wally, let's get, just, let's get right into it. Let's get right into the addiction stuff. I mean, that's why people are listening. One of the reasons why they're listening to this, tell us your, your story and some of the, about the addictions. Sure. As with a lot of people, or probably most people, you know, the things that's, that kind of spurred on my addictions were things that happened when I was a kid. You know, I, uh, you know, when you grow up in an Italian family or a family of Italian heritage, you know, there's three ways you get communicated with. That would be food, uh, getting yelled at and getting hit. That's the three ways that you're communicating with. And so, you know, I mean, it's not every way, but those are the three main means. Food, of food getting, getting yelled at and getting hit. Yep. yep absolutely. Yep. Broomsticks, um, wooden spoons, uh, hands, uh, shoes, remote controls, whatever was in reach, you know. And so, you know, my parents, unfortunately, you know, they had some tough times themselves growing up. My mom's, my dad's mom was, uh, was especially mean and nasty, very angry Sicilian woman. And, um, you know, so he had a tough time when he grew up, you know, both my parents smoked, so they were both addicted to cigarettes. Uh, they were both overweight, addicted to food. You know, um, my dad also drank. So, you know, when my parents got married, I moved, they moved from, you know, when I was born in Brooklyn to New Hampshire. And so my mom had a job. My dad was still trying to figure things out for himself. And so he took care of me a good portion of the time when I was a young. One of my punishments when I was a younger, like four or five, six years old, was to be sent to bed without dinner. And so, you know, that, that created within me a very fear of, be, a fear of being hungry. And then oddly enough, using that, that food to kind of store up because afraid of being afraid I wasn't going to eat again. So that started about a 45-year addiction to food. It was basically, it was a binge eater for most of my life up to couple of years ago. And so, you know, I remember first grade, I had David Carradine lunchbox from her Kung Fu. David Absolutely. Carradine I was a big food, big uh, Kung Fu fan. Yeah. Yeah. Let me age both of us now. So anyway, I had a Kung Fu lunchbox, David Carradine. And uh, I remember my very first day of first grade, you know, they were handing out the milks for snack time and I ate my snack and my entire lunch that day, right then and there. So I didn't have lunch at lunchtime, just afraid I wasn't going to be able to eat. And so that just, that was, that was basically a theme throughout my entire life. In fact, at one point, I got to 480 pounds, wow. so pretty big. How tall are you? Thankfully, 6'3", but still, even at, even at 6'3", 480 pounds is still a big, yeah, big guy. Yeah. So, um, and then, so when I was 10 years old, I was sexually abused, and um, so that uh, has a huge impact on you, as you are aware. And you know, when people are sexually abused, they either go towards sex or they go away from sex. It's kind of no middle road, right. usually, and so... I went towards sex and that was kind of the beginning of my addiction to right. sex. Um, right. When I was 11, I found my father's pornography magazines. And, um, and then when I was 12, I started having sex and engaging in sexual activity regularly. And then the entire time of my childhood, you know, I was bullied pretty badly. My parents really never taught me to protect myself, had low self-esteem and whatnot. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I was bullied by the time I was 14, I was pretty much addicted to, you know, sex and pornography and food. As I get older, you know, and looking back at my life, I realized, you know, we also were poor when I grew up and I really hadn't put my finger on it, but I always had issues around money. And, um, you know, I remember kids in school dressed differently. They had Levi's and Nikes and nice puffy ski coats and they would all go skiing and you know, we didn't have any money for that. And then I'd even compare my lunch, <laughs> you know, I'd have like a sandwich or an apple and some crackers. And these kids would have like an entire smorgasbord of food, you know what I'm saying? Sandwiches, and yeah. cakes. I still have cowtails, little cowtail candies. To this day, I've never had one. They were, and so the kids always had those. I remember asking my mom, "Can we have those?" She's like, "No." And so, anyway, as I grew older and started working, you know, I started, you know, using hey, money. Hey, Wally, to, let me let me interrupt you for just a moment. You might appreciate this because 
uh, Zig yeah. Ziglar being in sales, you know, one of Zig Ziglar's stories said that uh, he said that when he was young, he always knew that he had enough food because he said when he'd ask for seconds, he'd say, no, you've had plenty. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that story. Yeah, you've already had enough. Okay, good. Thanks. That's true. Yeah, as you right, see, right. See. Yeah. Big, big fan. Yeah. So anyway, you know, as I get older, you know, I was, not, I was using money that I was basically spending money to get people to like me. And then, you know, I've, I've probably blown through about $5 million in my lifetime already of earnings. And um, so I've just, I've not used money well at all. And so, you know, as I grew up and got older, as with all addictions, they get worse, you know, using those addictions to, to assuage my pain. And, you know, I spent uh, most of my, my teenage years and my young adult life basically not having good relationships with women, just having sex mm -hmm. with women, looking for that approval, looking for that acceptance. And uh, by the time the emotions came in, I was pretty much ready to go because I was not ready to do anything emotionally. Um, used food regularly. You know, I still remember we would go to someone's house for a buffet. I was always first at the buffet. Um, you know, sex and pornography. I mean, I, I pretty much was, I pretty much was addicted to pornography until, I don't know, 2000 and let's call it 16, 17. So a mm -hmm. long time. And then, you know, I was unfaithful to my wife four times with four other women. And, um, you know, ultimately I made a lot of bad decisions as a result of that one, you know, one of which landed me in federal prison for a year. Yeah. I saw a little of that in your book. <laughs> yep. For mail fraud which again, the money issue, if that makes sense, just, you know, looking to make a lot of money. I wasn't looking to steal any money at the time, but I certainly wasn't trying to do the, the, the thing that was filled with integrity. I was looking the other way on stuff, making assumptions, ask questions, but not enough. And so, you know, that cost me a lot more than you know, over well, thousands of dollars, but, you know, I had to go back to square one in relationships with my children, you know, there's a convicted felon, you're limited to some of the things you, you do. You were in, you know, it's, and you were in the you were in prison for over a year, right? Yeah, three hundred and sixty six days to be wow. exact. So, and then you know when I got out of prison, I didn't really dealt with anything when I was in prison. I mean, it, it, I lost a lot of weight. I lost like one hundred and forty pounds almost, but I hadn't dealt with any of the emotional things that I needed to deal with. And so, when I got out of prison, kind of went back into all the same things. Does that make sense? Um, end up having a relationship with somebody and I, you know, I wanted it to work so badly because I never had a good relationship. And so just wanted to be in love. And so, um, I just looked past all the red flags we were together for four and a half years, she took an engagement ring from me. She wouldn't move down to Texas to be with me. And so I broke up with her. And a few days later, I found out that she had been married the entire time oh, we were together. Geez. Yeah. So she lived in, she actually lived in, in, in a different state. So she was in a totally different state. And so I didn't even, you know, and so I took everything she said at face value, anything that seemed sketchy, I just ignored. And so, and then that was kind of like the, the final bad decision, in, you know, 40 plus years of bad decisions. And so about a month later, I, I decided I wanted to take my own life. And um, you know, actually I was sitting in the same place, actually, was, you know, sitting right here. Um, it was a different setup then. And I kind of was looking out the door of my, my, or towards the garage and I could see the light on. And I was kind of going through my mind how I was going to do it. And I just was thinking of all these things and everything I came up with impacted somebody else because I, don't, I can't have a gun. I'm a convicted felon, you know, right. my medicine, I was like, I didn't have enough medicine to kill myself. And I'm, I'm still a big guy at this point, 425 pounds. And so, 
then all of a sudden it was like God tapped me on the shoulders like, hey, remember your dad died when you were 23 and how bad that was for your family? And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. And so I decided then I was going to fight. And um, as you know, having overcome an addiction yourself, it's hard. Yeah. And so, and I didn't, you know, I couldn't overcome my addictions all at once it just because there was so much to unpack. You know, picture going up to a, an, an attic you haven't been in in 20 years and opening up boxes. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot that was up here. You know, so I was literally unpacking decades of of hurt that I was hurt or hurting other people. Lots of shame and addiction, as you know, lots of pain and addiction. Um, and so I, it kind of was like, uh, you know, the easiest one for me to give up was um, was the sex. And I just decided I wasn't just going to have indiscriminate sex with people anymore. And because that woman had broken my heart so badly, I didn't go and date anybody for almost two and a half years. And then pornography after that because they were the most they were most closely and I you know as my relationship with God improved you know I I really I can't you know because my faith was strengthening I really I realized how how um disrespectful it was and how painful it was and how you can't have a good relationship with God if you're doing sinful things like that and then um the money thing got better I started making more money and doing much better with it in fact I was you know so things have been so good I was actually to write a book and do a lot of other things because of that, because I was doing better with my money. And then, and then really the last one is the food. And that one's the one that was been the longest. And honestly, I haven't had a binge eating issue for a couple of years, but up until a few months ago, I still have some, um, some issues with eating too much food or eating bad mm -hmm. food. And, uh, two and a half months ago, I just made the decision that I just was, it just it had to be done. You know, I'm 54 years old. I got four kids. You know, my dad died when I was 23 or 49 didn't see his 50th birthday, didn't see his 25th wedding anniversary, missed 11 out of 12 grandkids, missed two of my, you know, my sister and my brother graduating from, from college, my brother graduated from high school, he just missed everything, you know, I just I can't do that. So in the last two plus month, I've, months, I've lost about 50 pounds right. and um, really monitoring what I eat, exercising and my mindset is, uh, is vastly different than it was before, but that was the one that took the longest to overcome because I think it'd been around right. the longest. Oh, you know, it's just, an, and, you know, obviously you talk a lot about mindfulness. I teach that to my clients on a regular basis. And uh, it really is, you know, the, the key to reducing emotional reactivity and putting yourself in a position where when that, that addictive uh, issue comes up that you can fight and actually win. Yeah. So well, that's kind of the, the, uh, the Reader's Digest version of all that. You know, I mean, lots of people hurt along the way. Um, we have family members that don't talk to me anymore. I have friends that don't talk to me anymore. You know, um, yeah, filed for bankruptcy four times. You know, a lot of, a lot of bad, yeah. a lot of bad. I choices. can relate to so much of what you've said, and one of the scary things is uh, the trying to kill yourself, suicide. It seems like about every other guy that contacts me now says oh, I'm considering killing myself, or I did try to, I tried to kill myself. Uh, whether it's addiction to porn, sex, drugs, alcohol, whatever, regardless, um, this is very serious. Like, you know, we're talking about people's lives here. And mm -hmm. so I appreciate you having the courage to tell your story because I can guarantee that there's someone listening to this right now that is on the, you know, they're teetering. They're looking for answers. So they're listening or watching this podcast. And so I appreciate you sharing your story. 
Um, You're welcome. About that, if you could maybe unpack that a little bit more, um, like what stopped you? Tell us a little bit more about that, if you would. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I remember it's interesting because uh, it was October <clears throat> of 19, I think, and then my uncle had knee surgery, and so I flew up to New Hampshire to spend some time with my uncle because they're they're getting older, you know, and. Um, before I had left, I had I had hired a psychiatrist and a uh, and, and a dietitian to help me, and then so I, I kind of had been working on it, and then I went to New Hampshire, and they were kind of like, "Hey, can't really can't really help you," you know what I'm saying? Like we gotta we, we can't do this over you being in New Hampshire. So I yeah, and so basically I, I was in so much pain, Eric, that I just could not take it. I remember laying in my bedroom and laying in bed and looking at the ceiling. And feeling that there was no way out. You know what I'm saying? I decided I wasn't going to hurt myself. So there's, I was like, I felt like I have to do something because I just can't do this anymore. You know, the, and, and, and anybody who has an addiction, you go through a lot of pain. That's the reason, you know, it's funny. The reason for the addiction is pain. Right. That's, that, that's it because of that pain. And I just, and I was like, I just can't do this anymore. You know, and I was at my wits end. And so I decided I was going to get help and actually got fired by my psychiatrist and by my dietitian. Because they felt like I wasn't committed to it, to doing what I needed to do. And I, you know, I hadn't, I mean, if you've, if you've, if you've been an addict of any sort, you've seen psychiatrists, you've seen psychologists, you've seen therapists, you've seen counselors, you've paid for coaches, you've talked to all your friends. I mean, you've, you've run the gamut, you know what I'm saying? And basically you just weren't ready. What do they say when the student is ready? The teacher right. will appear. And so for me, I finally met somebody in, uh, in July of, of, of 2020 during COVID Interesting story. Her name's Kelly. Actually, when you read my book, I talk about her in a couple of the chapters because she literally saved my life. But it's interesting because I'm, you know, I don't wait in line for anything. I've been patient my whole life. You know, you go to you go to a restaurant, how long's the wait? If it's more than 10 or 15 minutes, mm -hmm. I'm out. I don't have a ticket to something, I'm not waiting in line to get in a bar. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I'm not waiting to get in line anyway. So and I remember talking to the to the lady who answered the phone and she says, We don't have and that was the thing because as as COVID wore on. It was exposing everybody's mental oh, health yeah. issues, right? I mean, it, the thing is, is you know, right? I mean, people are like, oh, COVID caused all these mental health issues. I mean, it may have in some people, but for most people, it just kind of ripped the lid off of whatever yes. was holding down. You know what I'm saying? Fear of losing job, fear of getting sick, fear of dying, being confined. You know, just created just a freaking storm. And so, the people came out of the woodwork getting mental health, and she's like, we don't have anybody right now. I'm like, oh. Okay. I mean, I called everybody, Eric. I mean, I was, you know, I would say I went to the yellow pages, but there are no yellow pages anymore. So <laughs> I don't know why I keep dating myself. I don't know what the problem is today, but anyway, so I finally, and so I called, I called the place and she's like, we don't have anybody. She goes, we have this really, really good woman who's an addiction specialist. She's awesome. She goes, she has openings from time to time. You should just put her name down. I'm like, your name down. I said, okay. And then literally two weeks later, they called me. And so I've been working with her ever since. I was doing two, two sessions a week for, two years and then we went to once a week and now it's like twice a month really just for some smaller things you know what i'm saying just trying to but I, you know i mean it's just amazing but the thing is is that, you know at the end of the day you have to do the work absolutely and there is a lot of work <laughs> yeah and everybody can do the work you know what i'm saying i mean i don't think anybody's ever died from mindfulness you know what i'm saying nobody's ever died from mindfulness nobody's ever died from journaling nobody's ever died from affirmations or or, or mental picturization. No, nobody's ever died right. for any of that. You know what I'm saying? So it feels like it sometimes, you know, and 
you know, it's, so it's, 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 it's tough, man. And I, you know, my heart goes out to anybody who has an addiction and, um, you know, it, it's interesting because food addictions different because you have to have food every day. Right. So, you know, while some people have addictions wrestle with wanting to go out and have a drink or wanting to go watch pornography, like I, you know, I, and I'm not saying I'm not comparing anything, but having a food addictions, I'm like wrestling not as much now, but somewhat still I'm wrestling like every hour of every yeah. day of, you know what I'm saying? Cause if you have it, like for people who are addicted to porn, if they have a job, I mean, usually can't look at porn <laughs> at work, you know, if they have a job, they can't get loaded at work. You know what I'm saying? They can't do, you know, for the most part, right? but I, I work from home, my refrigerator and kitchen are right over there. So, and again, my addiction is no worse or no better than anybody else's. All I'm saying is just a different yeah. fight. That makes yeah, any I mean, sense. And so I, it you know, makes total sense. And, and so anyway, so, but I just, uh, if anything else, I mean, I'm sure this is probably the same for you. I just want to, I just want to, you know, be an example to people of the fact that if you want to do it, no matter how old you are, no matter how bad things have been, you know, you, you can do yeah. it. You can really, you really can. do it. And it's, you know, and you know, the other thing is, and you probably realize this as well, is that it feels like it's going to be forever. But when you actually put in the time and do the work, it actually takes less time than you think it would. In fact, I mean, after six months, I, I know I was feeling measurably better. I wasn't completely where, because I wanted someone, I was talking to, to Kelly, I was literally suicidal. You know, I was like, I was, I did not, you know what I'm saying? In fact, every, every call would end, do you think you're going to hurt yourself? And I'm, no, I don't, you know, sometimes I'd be like, we should wait there. But, you know, in, in six months, I felt measurably better. A year later, felt even better. And, you know. And, you know, the process of unpacking things is tough because you unpack it, it's painful, then you get some relief, but then your brain's like, okay, here's yeah. more. Oh, here's more. Right, because your brain, our brains are like, they, I mean, they're, they're homeostasis mechanisms. They want clarity. They want peace. They want understanding. It doesn't want to deal with that. You know, we keep pushing it down with alcohol and food and sex and pornography. And then when that wears off, the brain's like, okay, let's deal with this. Oh, you know, that, that pain is a signal that something needs to be dealt with. It's not, you know, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Does that it, make it sense? Does. And so, anyway, so that... That's kind of, I mean, that's, that's pretty much, you know, one other thing I, I, um, I saw this on, online. I figured I'd check it. It's called the bad habit breaker. Mm -hmm. It's just a little book mm -hmm. that I got and it's, uh, it's 30 days of, uh, of 10 minutes of journaling in the morning and 10 minutes of journaling at night, answering a couple of questions, but I love it. It's, it's, you know, you have the universal truths and it asks you three questions, but the last one is, is if I accepted that my craving or urge to do my bad habit is caused by the last time I did my bad habit. And if I do my bad habit again, I will never break this cycle. Love so, it. Love it. Yeah. Pretty interesting. So, you know, I think, uh, is that yeah. question that I, yeah, it sure ahead. does. And boy, you've got your, you have so much, uh, experience here. One of the things you said was like, you know, this doesn't have to may seem like this is going to take forever. And, um, it doesn't have to, but I have to, I would have to add to that, though, depending on the path that you choose addiction help with, because I chose, well, I went the traditional route with a traditional therapist. Of course, they put me on antidepressants. They said I had to go to 12-step meetings, and I went to those 12-step meetings for almost 20 years with very little to show for it, and uh, I learned that I was powerless in that. Um, I had a disease and that I had this for life and uh, I'm really in the personal development, you know, Brian Tracy, Jim Rohn, all that. And 
a lot of the things that I was learning in the 12 step were the opposite of what I was learning in personal development. So I was really confused and it really caused a lot of trouble with me. And finally, one day I'm like, I need to find a different way. And I found this little app to use uh, about mindfulness. And just on a whim, I thought, you know, I'm going to put my login as powerful air. And in that moment, pitiful, powerless, porn addicted Eric died and powerful Eric was born. And so, yes, it doesn't have to be forever. But in my opinion, if you take the traditional route, that is the long, hard road. You know, and it all starts with the decision. You know, I, I was an English major in college and, um, I took a lot of Shakespeare and um, was actually just trying to make sure that I had the uh, sec here, the exact quote. Um, so it's from Julius Caesar it says a coward dies a thousand times before his death, but the valiant taste of death, but once, you know what I'm saying? And so it's kind of like, you know, you can, you can, Oh, you can conquer your, addiction and fits and starts and try and not try and try and not try and deal deal with all that pain or you know you can finally make the decision once and for all and just gut it out and work through it and eventually it will get better for you you know what i'm saying or it's the most painful excruciating thing you've ever done before and it is pretty painful and excruciating to begin with don't get me wrong but you know there's there's degrees of excruciating and pain yeah so i like to use the definition the original uh the word decide the origin of the word it means to cut off from so when you decide you are choosing to cut off from all that other stuff right and i I love that and another one of the things that you were talking about is food addiction and um so when I stopped using porn, I found a lot, a tremendous amount of anger and even rage. And uh, also, I realized that uh, food and sugar are my next thing to address. And actually, as we speak, I'm doing this uh, 100-day thing Um and if if you join my my Facebook group, you can view my journey. And basically, it's a journey of uh, getting back into physical shape. Uh, what had happened? My 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 dad had died suddenly, and I didn't realize it. But I apparently was using food to uh, numb, cope, and escape. And in a just a matter of a couple of months, I gained twenty five pounds. Uh, and so this, uh, hundred day journey between now and Valentine's day is documenting me getting back into shape. Uh, and, uh, just to be a little more specific, you know, I even, some guys choose to just quit the porn. Some guys choose to quit porn and masturbation. And, um, some a long time ago, I chose to raise the bar and, and remove both. And, after my father died, I had slipped with the the masturbation part of it. And so I wanted to get back on the, the horse with that. So this 100-day journey between now and uh, Valentine's Day is documenting me working out and doing things like that. And um, 
But nice. food, I really think, is the closest thing to a porn addiction because drugs and alcohol are outside of ourselves. And yes, food is outside of ourselves, but we, you know, we have to have food to live. So I think out of all the addictions, I don't think it's any mm -hmm. coincidence that both you and I had struggles mm -hmm. with food. Yeah, and, and, and I, I completely agree with you, and I hear what you're saying. And you know, good luck on your on your journey. I think that's Thank amazing. You. That's awesome for you. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's certainly super inspiring for anybody who follows you for sure. And I just actually, while we were talking, while you were talking, I, I joined your group. Okay. So, um, and thanks to whoever accepted me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but you know, what's interesting is that uh, you know, you go by an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. There's a bunch of people smoking, drinking coffee. You know, what I'm saying, and I think. Part of that is, is, you know, giving something up cold turkey is hard. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes we need to lean on something else as we go through it, you know? And so, you know, and, and, and if you have a couple of addictions, you know, they say, oh, you have an addictive personality. There's no such thing as an addictive personality. You just, <clears throat> excuse me, you have pain and don't have any, don't have any, don't have a lot of mental fortitude, don't have the skill set to be mindful or even the knowledge about what it takes to be mindful and you know, I say this to my clients all the time, like when we're kids, our brains are like little savings accounts where only deposits can be made because very few parents know how to help kids extract the negative stuff and turn it into positive things. So, you know, especially, I don't know how old you are. 52. But, you know, I'm 54. So <clears throat> no such thing as sexual abuse in the, in the late 60s and early 70s. No real such thing as, 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 uh, as child abuse in the late 60s and 70s. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of those things went un, 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 unwashed, if you will, yeah. whatever, for a long time. So, you know, you get yelled at as a kid, that's bad for your self-esteem. You get hit as a kid, that's bad for your self-esteem. You get, you know, bullied, that's bad for your self-esteem. There's all, And then, you know, the, the terrible things people say to us and the, the like you, you talked about, it, the limiting beliefs, they call them the hidden identities we create about ourselves, what we think we can and can't do. They're kindling just getting, not just piled on, but then we're, we're, we're strengthening them by, you know, adhering to those belief systems and avoiding things that cause us the pain and getting involved in things that mask the pain. And so we do it our entire lives, right? And so it's hard to just turn that off. So it's completely reasonable that somebody who gives up porn might want to go and pick something else up to help with that, even though you're not watching porn and you're not getting that same, you know, uh, chemically infused feeling, you know, you, you know, food can do that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Smoking can do that. Work can do that. Exercise can do that. I mean, there's so many things that can do that, but it's perfectly reasonable for somebody to to go through that. I think the, the, the saving grace here is that, <clears throat> you know, you have these references, excuse me, you know, when you overcome one addiction, you can use that same thought process, that same whatever, that same pattern, that same syntax to then overcome another challenge faster and easier than you did the first yeah. one. And uh, like I said, that is exactly what I'm doing now with the the, the food and uh, something you also said earlier about having a very short attention span, uh, like not wanting to wait. So I'll reluctantly, <laughs> I'd have to say very reluctantly, I started a TikTok account to share my journey. And oh my gosh, these videos are so, you know, five seconds to 10 seconds. The long ones are 60 seconds. And we're creating a world of people that have the attention span of a gnat. 
And I just, I feel for these kids because you and I, you know, we didn't have high speed internet. It didn't exist when we were little. And so these kids have some very, very big challenges to overcome. We've ran out of time today, but Wally will be back with us next week. If you need to reach out to Wally, you can go to where? You can reach me at triggersalesystem.com. That's triggersalesystem.com. Join Powerful Eric's free Facebook group, Endeavor to Quit, and take control of your life. Learn more at PowerfulEric.com.